0: Welcome to Our Plant Stories. Over the past episodes, people with a passion for plants have given us so much amazing advice about growing them. And all that advice and photos are on ourplantstories.com. I'll of course put this week's advice on too, and this week's episode is all about taking a cutting. Not just any old cutting, but a cutting from a very specific tree, which has a very important connection to Emma. So join us on a magnolia tree tour around Hackney in London.
1: This is a really amazing one. I used to walk past on the way home at the school run. I think this one is a stellata and that comes out with little white starry ones rather than the big big things, but this is the non-technical person talking. We need the magnolia expert.
0: By the time we found you a magnolia expert, you realise you are going to walk past this and identify it exactly, aren't you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: But it's not yours, so it's let's keep mine. going. No.
1: <laughs> no. So mine is, mine is like 30, I'd say, because I know that my, my oldest son is 29, so that means we can date the tree as being 30. There's another one? Yeah. Wow. There's another one.
0: This must be beautiful. When they yeah,
1: all
0: this come whole out. Row is amazing. Emma Doliani is a musician, a classical singer, soprano. She loves opera. She also teaches singing and piano. She started working in Pentonville Prison as a prison visitor one morning a week. Within a year, she had begun bringing fellow musicians into the prison and they performed concerts. She has now started a charity called East London Metropolitan Opera. I'll put all the links in the show notes on the website. This plant story begins some 30 years ago, when she was a young woman. Before
1: moving to East London, I lived in North London and I'd sort of not um, long got married and um, my very first pregnancy, I, I sadly had a miscarriage. Um, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like a really late one or something. It was about three months, but it was just sad, you know, and it was kind of... For me, one of the first things that had sort of personally gone wrong somehow. I was so lucky up until then, and everything, and um, in, in many ways, and didn't have that many challenges when I was growing up. But a lovely time, um, but I just so I suppose I'd sailed through things rather, and I just sort of thought I would sail through this pregnancy. So I sort of told everybody, and and then um, went for a scan, and that there was no heartbeat, and. Yeah, I just remember feeling feeling a bit silly, actually, that I'd sort of got so carried away and just assumed it would all be okay. I, once I read about it a bit and I knew it was a really common thing, miscarriage. But anyway, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a sad time. And um, somebody, I don't actually remember who, said um, sometimes it's nice to do something, like plant something, in a kind of memory, because the odd thing about a miscarriage is there's in you know, the sort of nothing um so I went on a little trip with my husband Serge to a garden center not something we normally did and um I honestly can't remember why I asked for about a magnolia but I think it was probably because I just knew they were special things so we bought a magnolia and we bought a pot and we took a little bit of a vice um and I even got some food, which I think is quite, you know, um, I don't know. It's not just, I didn't just ignore it. I made a bit more effort than sort of previous plants I'd owned that had just died. I did feed them. I remember my mum being a little bit worried because she said they can sometimes be tricky and you'll be upset if something happens to it. But I didn't feel that invested, but I don't know. I'd looked after it anyway. And um, we then moved about... Yeah, a year or so later over to East London uh, and it was still in its pot outside the front door and it was doing very well yep started to flower big excitement got a bit bigger still in its pot it was a big pot and then we uh, lived there for about four years and moved again not very far. We moved to um, our last house in and then we there was a sort of area outside the front of the house and we planted it so it was doing quite well it was a sort of dug out bit in in front of the basement so it wasn't just like putting it into the earth but it was a big quite a big area but it just flourished and it got bigger and bigger and it just started being um quite an important part of the street people would stop and admire it and at christmas we used to put baubles on it and um um little red baubles and people used to even take photographs of it so it's not um huge but it's still there so we we actually moved a year and a half ago um and that was that was hard because we'd lived in that house uh, for 20 years then from that at that time and I did feel really sad about the magnolia but the people who bought the house really loved it they would sort of say oh it's the one with the magnolia and um I know they're going to look after it. They're not going to sort of dig it up or anything. Here we go. Oh, my God, there's all scaffolding over it. Oh, yeah, they're doing a huge job on it. I hope the tree's going to be all right. Blimey. Wow, this is my old house.
0: <laughs> <laughs> They put doors around it. Wow. It's kind of going up around and in between the scaffolding, really, isn't it? Yeah. I guess I'm sure they'll be being careful.
1: But yeah, scaffolding right over it. Hi, sorry. Sorry, I just used to live here and we're just looking at the tree. Is it going to be alright, the tree? I'm
0: an electrician.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Oh my god. Well, it's in bud. Yeah, it is. It's pretty resilient.
0: It's not looking its best. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think it's going to be a survivor. I have oh, great yeah. hopes for this tree, oh, and dear. I um, oh, I think it'd be a great goodness. idea to take some cuttings. But yeah, cuttings would be good. Good
1: insurance. That's my old neighbour. Hi, Adrian. Oh, hello. <laughs> hello. How are you? We're a bit worried about the magnolia. Oh, yeah. Is it going to be all right? This I cannot say. the thing about the magnolia was that it became such a happy thing and um I did I do think that you know when we bought it it was such a sad time and of course we were really we, we were very very lucky we went on to have three healthy children and they grew up they grew up with this tree and um, of course if I'd known then that I was gonna have three healthy children it, it would have been much easier to um to deal with and a lot of people aren't as lucky but anyway the tree was a lovely positive and I do still there is, there is a connection with it if I walk up that street and I'm still in London quite a bit I'll always, I'll always touch the tree
0: <laughs> if you have a plant story that you would like to share you can email me on sally at ourplantstories.com. I really wanted to find Emma someone who could tell her how to take a successful cutting from her tree. She'd tried taking some cuttings before she moved away but they didn't take. I knew the perfect person. He has enormous knowledge about trees and he's a teacher. He taught me on my RHS level two. Joe Woodcock began his career in horticulture in the early 70s with a four-year apprenticeship followed by a degree. He worked for the Royal Parks and ended his career running the management of trees for the Royal Borough of Greenwich. I sent him a photograph of Emma's tree, partially obscured by the scaffolding. I've seen
2: the photograph of the one that you've got and I think it's Magnolia sulangiana which is um, a species hybrid so it does tend to grow quite tall and the reason they're not my favorite plant for you know a small area particularly magnolia sulangiana because they do grow so uh, so tall and by the middle of the summer they tend to cast a, a lot of shade just quickly my some of my favorites are you know this magnolia stellata which is a small um, star-shaped flower. absolutely beautiful. There's one called Loebneri, which has more of a smaller cup-shaped flower, you know, tulip-type flower than uh, than Solangiana, but the same sort of shape, but at that little bit smaller. And then my other favourite, which I grew at, um, when I was in charge of um, the gardens at um, Elton Palace, um, is Magnolia grandiflora, which is the, you know, it's the evergreen one and uh, has the lovely cream flower, usually in about the, the, um, the middle of the summer. Yeah.
0: What do we know about magnolias?
2: Their origins they come from Asia, their grandiflora comes from North America, there are some of them that are thought to come from uh, Europe. They're a very very old species, over 100 million years old, and they, you know, were originally pollinated by beetles before bees. Um, evolved, so yeah, you know, they're quite interesting from from that point of view. You said that you've you've pruned it uh, at times. They're not necessarily the best tree to prune. To be honest with you, they don't take too uh, too kindly to be pruned.
1: Um, I just just was going to say that the mag- the other magnolias around though are mainly in bigger spaces, and I am a mm-hmm. bit worried. And you said this at the beginning, Joe, that that particular tree mm-hmm. now it is getting quite big. Mm-hmm. I mean, presumably it's it can't go on forever in that little space, can it? Or what will um,
2: happen? No, um, trees are like us. Y- you've had children, they go through growth spurts, don't they, when they're young. We tend to slow our growth as we get older. We may grow one way, and that's around our girth. <laughs> okay, all of us do that, called middle-aged <laughs> spread. And trees do exactly the same. They slow their growth, but they do tend to just slowly grow you know outwards more because a lot of people you know question well is a magnolia amongst other plants is it a tree or is it a shrub well the definition is that the tree will have an obvious single trunk or stem whereas a uh, shrub is multi-stemmed from the base now i've seen a photograph of the one that you had in that garden and i believe it to be a tree so the the issue botanically is that anatomically they they're all the same they're both woody perennials whether it's a tree shape or a shrub shape I and mean, if you bought magnolia stellata invariably you buy a, you buy a shrub it's multi stem from from the base um, and usually smaller in you know in 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 size you know ultimate size height and, and spread but the um, the one you've got is, seems to me or had seems to me to be a um, a tree Now that's got advantages and disadvantages in relation to propagation, which I believe is what you're really interested in because you want to take a cutting possibly from it. One of the commonest ways of uh, propagating a, a magnolia is to layer it. So if you had a shrub, if you could imagine you had low growing branches and those branches make contact with the soil, they may create roots, produce roots. Um, you can assist the plant, if that was your way of propagating it, by pinning the roots down to the ground, making a sharp cut you know, into a, a, an area of tissue we call the cambium, and then just pegging the, the that part of the plant into the ground. And a year later, you will find that roots would have uh, appeared and you can just um, detach that from the mother plant, pot it up and, and grow it on. But if it's a tree, then that, you know, obviously... To some extent restricts your options for propagation. So another option, I think, um, for your plants, given that it is over 30 years old, would be to try a form of softwood cutting, softwood stem cutting, known as a greenwood cutting. And you know, if you look this up on um, you know on, on Google, you will see that a greenwood cutting is a cutting that is taken. Um, a little bit later in the year, and in the case of your magnolia, I'm going to suggest, obviously it depends on the weather conditions and how the, the plant grows, but I was suggesting about the middle of June, you know, end of May, maybe through to June uh, time, and you would get possibly you know, something like a 7.5 centimetre cutting of current season's growth. That's the growth that it's made this year. And you could propagate from that and take it at a, what we call a node. So that's a joint where the leaves appear. So if you take this cutting of about 7.5 centimetres in length, and then if you prepare a, a mix of, let's say, 50% peat-free multi-purpose compost and either perlite, vermiculite, or indeed sharp sand so you've got 50 50 of of both and in a square pot if you take four cuttings from all around the the tree but they must be current growth would produce this this year and put those cuttings once you've taken them at the node into the this pot in in the four corners of a of a square pot square pot 10 centimetre nine centimetre pop would, would 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 do if it's bigger you know it can't can't hurt for it to be a wee bit bigger than that and then put a clear plastic tent of some sort over the top just to keep the humidity in now i'm just going to go back a step in relation to taking this cutting because you will have taken it from current season growth you will have taken it as a as a nodal cutting. Any leaves that may be there at the nodes that will go underneath the, the soil, underneath the ground, cut them off so that they otherwise they will rot away. And the leaves that are above the ground, once you put the cutting in, uh, you, you want to try and reduce the number of leaves. And the way that you can do that is by literally cutting off the leaves that are above the ground. So, if, let's say, for example, you've got five leaves above the above the ground. It may pay you to take two of those, the two largest ones, off, um, cut them off with a knife with a sharp knife, and leaving you just the three maybe at, at, at the top. And uh, that will reduce the loss of water from you know from the uh, the plant. Once you take a cutting, you've actually taken away the life support system of the plant by removing that cutting from its roots. What you've got to do once you've taken the cutting is prepare it, as I've mentioned, in such a way that it will survive. And one of the major reasons for it failing would be that it loses water. So that's why you put it in the clear polythene tent that reduces the the loss of water because you've increased the humidity around, around the plant. There's only one other thing you can do which may or may not help, and that's dab- the base of the cutting at the node in some rooting hormone now rooting hormone which you, you've probably seen or heard of on gardening programs etc rooting hormone is if you like a derivative of a chemical that is naturally found in plants known as a, well a group of chemicals known as auxins and those auxins are growth hormones and if you dab the end of the the cutting into that material it increases the concentration of that growth hormone at the point where you want the roots to grow and so therefore all of the nutrients all of the you know requirements for growth of that um, cutting will be directed down to the base of the cutting so it's more likely to um, be successful. The only other thing I'd say is don't just take four take eight take 12 of them usually I get one or two that produce roots so you know, that might, that might work.
0: How will Emma know if it's rooted?
2: How will you know if it's rooted? That is a really good question. I think the foolproof way to know that it's rooted is to, after, say, two weeks or so, just take the plastic top off the pot and give them a very gentle tug. And if they are anchored by roots, obviously they won't pull out. I've heard various gardeners say, oh, you'll know because they've produced a flower. Not so much with magnolia, but, um, you know, with other plants that have taken from cuttings. And that's not necessarily true that they, it means that they've rooted. And the reason for that is it could mean that the chemicals in the um, stem have now gone up to produce a flower because the flower is the reproductive part of the plant. And as it's the reproductive part of the plant, if a plant thinks it's you know going to die which the ex-plant will because it's not no longer got any roots it will say my word in nature i've got to reproduce my species and so it will send all of its nutrients etc up to produce a flower rather than going down to where you want them to produce a, a root so seeing a flower bud doesn't necessarily show that the plant's rooted now the uh, a couple more of important points, if I may, it might be a rather obvious point with magnolia, and that is don't take um, wood that has a flower on it or a developing fruit on it. So in other words, the petals have now died off and you know you've got a fruit developing there. Don't take that wood because that wood will be exhausted and will not produce roots. It's got to be what we call vegetative growth.
1: I think I might have done that because, you know, I did try before we moved. Yes. I just looked on YouTube, you know, but I think there's quite yes. a few things. I And yep. I did have the root hormone and I did. But I think yep. the actual bit I cut was probably the wrong bit. Yes. And I think that some of them might have had things going on. And I thought, yes. oh, that looks yes. good, you know. Yes. Um,
2: yes. It, it mustn't be wood that's, that's either flowered or has had a a fruit. In in fact, with a lot of softwood cuttings that we take, so we take pelagonians and fuchsias from softwood cuttings, you know, when you're looking for the material to take, you always take a non-flowering growth from the plant. And if you see a, a bud there, you pinch the bud out, because otherwise, you know, the growth will go straight away, it's nature, straight away to, you know, to the flower, so that it could then hopefully affect pollination and reproduce its species.
0: And if that tiny cutting... Or one of those tiny cuttings, or maybe Emma, all of those tiny cuttings take. <laughs> how long do we have to wait before we're actually looking at a, you know, a magnolia tree a that will bloom?
2: Well, you're going to be waiting quite a a long time, to be honest with you. You know, to, the, for one that's going to bloom, and obviously it depends on the conditions, but you know, it's going to be years rather than the following year. I'm afraid. How many? If I said between five and ten years, I think it, it would be.
0: In, um, that would be okay, though wouldn't it, yes. Emma? Because it's—is yes. it for you, Emma? Is it more about? And thank you for that. That's a fantastically detailed way. And, and if you want me to come with you, Emma, I'm very happy to come with you when we go to the garden. Definitely,
1: because it's um, just spotting exactly where to cut. Yes, yeah. Yes.
0: But it is something about that particular plant because you could go to a garden centre and buy another one, couldn't you? That's not what you want.
1: Yeah, exactly. There is a thing that I I would like. I, I you know I have considered going and buying another one, but I haven't gone around. I haven't got around to that. Um, yeah, it would be fantastic if, even if it was just, you know, does not get very far if it was starting off? So um, yeah, that'd be brilliant.
2: I have actually moved magnolias. So I moved the magnolia from my wife's cousin's garden um, in chestnut and and we we um, replanted it in Spain, um, where she now lives. Um, so it is possible to, you know, to sorry, yeah, did you just say Spain. Yes, yes, we did. Yes. Yeah. What
0: did you do? How did you get it there?
2: yeah they they had they had a it was it was it was a stellata to start with and it was so it was a bit smaller and they had a large car.
0: So Emma and I are going to try to take some cuttings but if all that fails anyone got a large car? I don't want to make assumptions but if waiting 10 years for a bloom on your magnolia tree doesn't appeal here is this week's guide to how to grow the plant. Is there a good time to buy a magnolia tree? A Best time to buy a magnolia tree?
2: Yeah, the best, I would say the optimum time is to buy in the autumn. Then the plant gets a chance to get its roots down into the ground before, you know, the worst of the winter, which is usually nowadays after Christmas. And then, most importantly, to get the roots down into the ground before the spring and summer. And our spring and summers recently have been quite hot and dry. So I, I would suggest that that's the best. The, um, the the best time of of year
0: okay can I and I kind of know the answer to this question because Emma obviously did it but can I grow it in a pot yes or do you think really I have to put it in the ground or would you say no you've got a few years
2: yeah no no you can you can grow trees and shrubs in pots obviously it depends on the tree or shrub that you're buying the larger the pot generally the the better the better quality potting compost and, you know, if it's going to be in a pot for a long time, then John number three is the one that's probably going to give you the, the amount of nutrient that the plant would need and keep it watered. And then as it grows, make sure it's fed, because the only issue about a woody perennial tree or shrub in a, in a pot is that the nutrients can be used up, you know, fairly quickly. And the roots have only got that volume of compost to get their nutrients from. So it's a good idea if it's a large pot and a you know reasonably large shrub. I'm thinking of a Magnolia stellata, something like that. It's a good idea to take some of the compost away from the surface and replace with new compost. I would suggest every spring, you know, um, in order to give extra nutrient and then you know maybe a liquid feed during the summertime. So, okay. so I think that, I think with with most potted plants, that's in, that's important.
0: And your favorites.
2: My favourites, magnolias. magnolias. Yes, um, stellata. I think you probably realise that from now. I've been speaking about it during the, the course of this um, podcast. Um, um selangiana, I like you know in a bigger in a larger garden personally. Grandiflora makes a wonderful evergreen tree or shrub. Very very good as a wall shrub.
0: Have you got any magnolias in your own garden?
2: Stellata. Got magnolias stellata.
0: Is there anything we haven't answered for you, Emma? You feel you've, you're you equipped. You and I are going to go down about June time, yes? Yeah, and, it's brilliant. And,
1: and I think I might even buy myself a stellata as well. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Our Plant Stories is presented and produced by me, Sally Flatman. And if you've listened all the way to the end of this episode... I would love it if you would perhaps think about going to your podcasting app and rating and reviewing for me. Or you could go onto the website and leave a comment. As we come to the end of this first series of our plant stories, it would be lovely to get a sense of what people have liked, what they would like more of. The idea is that there will be offshoots that will continue once a month and take us through to the second series of our plant stories. I have already truth be told started finding stories for series two and that's exciting and i have just loved meeting so many generous people generous gardeners who have shared their knowledge with us all and some beautiful stories so thank you for being part of this podcasting journey